Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special episode of Famous Failures, where I normally interview the world's most interesting people about their failures and what they learn from them. Today's episode is special because it's not going to be in the usual interview format. Instead, I'm going to be telling you a story myself about SpaceX and how they learned from their early failures. Now, this is an experiment, and as with all experiments, it can fail or it can succeed. So please do let me know what you think about this. I'm hoping to do these once every month or maybe once every two months or so, but let me know what you think. As always, the best way to get in touch with me and write to me and my personal email address is to sign up for my weekly email list. You can do that by going over to weeklycontrarian.com and dropping in your email address. Every Thursday morning, you'll get an email from me with a new article that I wrote that week that challenges conventional wisdom in some fashion, along with recommendations for other articles, books, tools, really anything that helps you look at the world a little bit differently. And again, you can sign up for that by going over to weeklycontrarian.com. And if you do that, you'll also get my personal email address so you can reach out to me and tell me what you think. Okay, without further ado, here is a special episode of Famous Failures on how SpaceX learned from its early failures. Thank you, as always, for listening. The third time's the charm. In August 2008, this is what SpaceX employees were telling themselves as they waited for the third launch of Falcon 1, which was the company's very first rocket. Now, at the time, outside observers were already busy drafting the obituary for what they thought was Elon Musk's vanity project. When Musk started SpaceX, he invested $100 million of his own money in the company, which was enough for just three launches. Now, the bad news for Musk was that the first two launches had failed. Falcon 1's first flight in 2006 lasted for all of 30 seconds. A fuel leak caused an unexpected fire in the engine, shutting it off and sending the rocket plummeting into the Pacific Ocean. The first launch failure was heartbreaking, said SpaceX executive Hans Konigsmann. We learned a lot of things we did wrong, and learning sometimes hurts. The Falcon 1 was back on the launch pad just a year later in 2007 for a second attempt. This flight got farther. It actually clocked in at seven and a half minutes, but it also failed to reach orbit after fuel stopped flowing into the engine. This failure, Konigsman says, didn't feel anywhere as harsh as the first time. The vehicle actually flew very far and then didn't make orbit, but at least it flew out of sight. And despite the ultimate failure, most mission objectives were actually met. Falcon 1 could launch and it could reach space. The anomalies that caused the trouble were quickly diagnosed and fixed. The third attempt of Falcon 1's launch came a year later. Now, 2008, as you might recall, was a bad year for a lot of people, but Elon Musk says it was the worst year of his life. At the time, his electric car company Tesla was flirting with bankruptcy. The world had spun itself into a financial crisis, and Musk had just gotten divorced. He was borrowing money from his friends to pay rent, and he had put much of his fortune into SpaceX, and the two Falcon 1 failures had eaten into his investment. What was left of it was sitting on the launch pad awaiting a dangerous flight. On the third attempt, Falcon 1 rumbled to life and took off carrying three satellites and the ashes of James Doohan, the actor who plays Scotty in Star Trek, the original series. The rocket soared into the sky, executing a perfect flight of its first stage. So rockets are built in stages that are stacked on top of each other. 
After the first stage took the spacecraft into space, it was time for stage separation, which is the, the critical point in the flight where the rocket's first stage detaches and falls away after running out of fuel. That's when the smaller second stage kicks in to take the spacecraft into orbit. Now, the stage is separated as scheduled, but the first stage didn't stop. It fired again and bumped into the second. We rear-ended ourselves, SpaceX's president Gwen Shotwell recalls. It was almost Monty Python-esque. For SpaceX, this was strike three. Hundreds of shell-shocked SpaceX employees who've been working 70, 80, 90-hour weeks for six years awaited word from their boss at SpaceX's factory in Hawthorne, California. The mood in the building hung thick with despair, remembers former SpaceX employee Dolly Singh. Elon Musk emerged from the control room, where he was commanding the mission along with senior engineers. He walked past the press to address his troops who had just lost their third consecutive major battle. We knew this was going to be hard, Elon Musk said in essence. It is, after all, rocket science. The company's rockets had reached space, accomplishing what major countries had failed to accomplish. Then came the surprise. Elon Musk announced that he had secured an investment that would get SpaceX two more launches. This wasn't the end. As Shane Snow describes it in the book Smart Cuts, Musk told his troops they would learn what had happened tonight and they would use that knowledge to make a better rocket. And they would use that better rocket to make even better rockets. And those rockets would one day take people to Mars. It was time to get back to work. Within moments, Dolly Singh remembers, the energy of the building went from despair and defeat to a massive buzz of determination as people began to focus on moving forward instead of looking back. The likely culprit for the failure was identified within a matter of hours. When I saw the video, it was like, okay, we can figure it out. Gwen Shotwell explained. The solution was simple. You just introduce a longer delay between the state separation to prevent a collision. Between the third and the fourth flights, SpaceX changed one number and nothing else. In less than two months, SpaceX was back on the launch pad. Everything hinged on that launch, recalls Adio Resi, who is Elon Musk's college friend. Elon had lost all his money, but this was more than his fortune at stake. It was his credibility. If the fourth launch failed, it would have been over. We're talking Harvard Business School case study. Rich guy who goes into the rocket business and loses it all. But the rocket did not fail. On September 28, 2008, SpaceX's Falcon 1 launched out of the atmosphere and into the record books, becoming the world's first privately built spacecraft to reach Earth orbit. When SpaceX survived its baptism by fire on its fourth try, everyone took notice, particularly the government officials at NASA looking to sustain the American space program after the expected retirement of the space shuttle in 2010. In December 2008, just three months after Falcon 1's successful journey, NASA handed SpaceX a lifeline in the form of a 1.6 billion, that's billion with a B, contract for resupply missions to the International Space Station. When NASA officials called to give him the good news, an otherwise stern Elon Musk broke out of character and screamed, I love you guys. For SpaceX, Christmas had come early. To paraphrase F. Scott Fitzgerald, there is a difference between a single failure and a final defeat. A single failure, as this story of SpaceX illustrates, can be the beginning and not the end. Many outside observers called the first three Falcon 1 crashes failures, mistakes committed by a team of amateurs led by a rich kid 
playing with expensive toys. But labeling these scratches as failures was like calling a tennis match before it is over. I've come from behind too often, as the great tennis champion Andrew Agassi writes, and had too many opponents come roaring back against me to think that that's a good idea. The opening doesn't have to be grand as long as the finale is. Time changes how we view events. Something that looks like a failure in the short term changes when we zoom out and put on a broader lens. Pixar's former president at Catmull calls the early versions of the studio's blockbuster animation films like Toy Story ugly babies. All of their films, he says, start out awkward and unformed, vulnerable and incomplete. But if the game doesn't end until the film is released, an early version gone wrong is not a catastrophe. It's a momentary blimp, a temporary glitch, a problem to be solved, which obviously brings me to Matt Damon. In the movie version of the terrific book, The Martian, Matt Damon's character, Mark Watney, teaches astronauts in training what to do in case of impending doom. At some point, he says, everything's going to go south on you. And you're going to say, this is it. This is how I end. Now, you can either accept that as a failure or you can get to work. You do the math. You solve one problem and you solve the next one and then the next. If you solve enough problems, you get to land on the moon. If you solve enough problems, you get to write a book. If you solve enough problems, you get to launch your own business. That's how you change the world. One problem at a time. Thank you, as always, for listening. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Two things before you take off. First, if you don't want to miss out on future episodes of Famous Failures, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and be sure to leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Second, if you'd like to join thousands of others who receive a short email from me each Thursday with a list of articles, books, tools, quotes, and other gems that help you discover how extraordinary thinking produces extraordinary results, you can text my first name, which is Ozan, that's spelled O-Z-A-N, to 345-345. So once again, that's my first name, Ozan, O-Z-A-N, to 345-345. Or if you're in front of your computer, you can head over to ozanvarol.com and drop your email address. If you act now, you'll also get a free ebook called The Contrarian Handbook, Eight Principles to Innovate Your Thinking. As always, thank you for listening and see you next time.